Good morning and uh, welcome to Race Industry Now, the weekly webinar series from ePortrade presented to you by ARP, Performance Plus Global Logistics, Scott Lewis and Associates today, and Peak. Shop Monkey and Fifth Third Bank Motorsports. I am Francis Savignan, the founder and CEO of ePortrait, the global platform for the performance and racing industry. This, this is episode 350, and we're going to be talking engine bearings technology with Dero Merrill and Rush Yates Engine. Now, this is a very special episode, and I will tell you why. Number one, it's episode 350. So if you had told us Three years ago in June 2020, when we produced our first ever episode with John Cozzi and Lake Speed, that three years later, it will be episode 350 combined between Race Industry Now and Race Industry Week. I don't think we would have ever believed that. So I want to say a special thank you to our wonderful hosts, Brad Gilly and Jeff Hammond, because they play a tremendous part in the success of this series. I want to thank each and every one of you out there watching us and who have been watching every single episode. And I want to thank the industry who believe in this platform and believe in all the content we produce. So thank you, thank you, thank you from each and every one here at ePortrade. The second point I wanted to make is Dedo Metal is a terrific company I've worked with for probably 15 or 20 years back to my PRI days. And I pushed Dustin to come on the series for a long, long time. And he's finally coming on and he's bringing some very special guests. So I'm very excited. With me this morning are Judy Kin, the co-founder of ePortrade, and of course, a wonderful host, Mr. Brad Gilly. Judy? Thank you, Francis. And you know, Brad and Jeff make us look good. So thank you, Brad. So it's an honor to have two prestigious and acclaimed companies on with us today. Thank you. And, you know, just the racing lore of Roush Yates going back to Robert back in the day. I've known Robert and now it's continuing with, with Doug Yates. What a team they have there. And I don't know of any other race team out there that treats their sponsors any better. So it's an honor to have two great racing businesses with us today. Brad? Yeah, it definitely is. And and thank you both for the kind words. And I know I can speak for my counterpart, Jeff Hammond, when I say uh, we appreciate, number one, being a part of this. But uh, probably more importantly is we appreciate what ePartrade does for the racing industry as a whole. And an amazing resource, not just with the webinars that we do every week, but also Race Industry Week, which is going to be coming up right around the corner. And just the website itself, an amazing resource to find parts, suppliers, and all of that. So thank you for creating this. I think our guests are on, so let's dive in. All right, that sounds great. Well, today's topic, Engine Bearings Technology, a case study with Roush Yates Engines by Dido Metal. And as always, if you have a question at any time throughout the webinar, just please feel free to type it into the chat, and we'll get as many of your questions answered as we possibly can. Again, this is just like a trade show. If you were standing there and you had curiosities about what we're talking about, uh, feel free to step in and ask the question. But uh, our panelists today are Dustin Cole, Account Manager, Racing and Aftermarket with Dido Metal, Tom Yukai, Chief Engineer, Dido Metal, and Mark Meagle, Manager, Design and Analysis, Roush Yates Engine. So, gentlemen, welcome. And uh, I just want to go one by one and uh, introduce you to uh, everyone who's viewing here today. And Dustin, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about yourself and about what we're going to be talking about today. Hi, thanks, Brad. Uh, my name is Dustin Cole. I've been with Dido Metal for uh, about seven years, a little over seven years. 
Um, I got I got brought into the company specifically to head up all of the racing and aftermarket business in in North America. Um, and uh, you know, to to tell you that Dido has primarily been a an OE supplier for uh, you know the the majority of of its its life. Um, <clears throat> so to to see the the support that we've got, um, and and to be able to take the the technology that Dido has and bring it into the racing market has been uh, has been a really unique experience for me, and it's been very exciting uh, for all of us. So. Awesome. Well, Tom, uh, let's go to you next. Tell us about what you do yep. at Dido Metal. Yep. Uh, I'm Tom Guy, uh, Chief Engineer of Dido Metal USA. Uh, I joined Dido uh, since uh, 2005, and uh, we've been uh, working uh, with uh, raw shades um, since uh, 2011, 2012. And um, uh, we are happy uh, to work together uh, with uh, raw shades. Awesome. Well, uh, speaking of Roush 8s, uh, we're also happy to have Mark Meagle here with us today. And Mark, tell us a little bit about what you do with Roush 8s engines. All right. Uh, yeah. So my name is uh, Mark Meagle. I've been with Roush 8s for about two years now. Um, I'm the manager of our design and analysis group. Um, and in that role, I basically have responsibility for the design, uh, manufacturing, quality, and uh, durability of all the parts um in every engine that we send to the track or to a customer um prior to this like dustin i've spent a lot of time in the uh the oe world um as well as uh, a little bit of high performance uh applications on the side been doing powertrain design and development for about 30 years now so Wow, that's impressive. Well, we're going to be talking about engine bearing technology and uh, obviously uh, working for an engine builder. Uh, Mark, we're just going to go ahead and start with you and uh, give us an idea about the engine platforms that Roush Yates Engines designs, develops and builds. All right. So probably the uh, thing we're uh, most well known for uh, in my background there, you can see the uh, FR9 platform, which is used by, of course, all the Ford performance teams. Uh, in the NASCAR Xfinity and Cup Series, um, as well as uh, some other uh, racing series that we supply that to. Uh, we have a couple other engine platforms as well. The RY45, um, which is a, a Roush Yates uh, designed and developed uh, aluminum block V8, uh, really purpose-built for off-road high-performance applications. Um, you, you might somewhat think of it as an aluminum blocked FR9 uh, with a lot more displacement capability. Um, we also uh, produce the uh, GT4 Mustang engine um, that is currently raced in IMSA Michelin uh, Pilot and uh, VP Sports Car Challenge Series, um, as well as uh, the 3.5 uh, V6 EcoBoost platform uh, that was previously raced uh in IMSA DP and GTLM uh and one Le Mans and uh is currently the uh production engine for the last run of the Ford GT the uh the Mark IV uh track day only vehicle Wow, that's really cool. Uh, it's pretty amazing what happens uh, in that building and uh, and really how worldwide it is for sure. So, um, well, we're talking about engine bearings, Mark, and uh, let's talk about the relationship that Roush Yates Engines has with Dido. How long have you guys been using them? And, and maybe give us a little bit of background of, of how they help you. 
Yeah, so uh, as Tom mentioned, um, we've been working uh, with Dido since uh, 2012. They're one of our uh, extremely valuable supplier partners. Um, and that, uh, that close relationship has allowed us to uh, be very successful uh, with the FR9 platform uh, in the NASCAR series. Um, as well as uh, recently, we've started looking to expand the usage of those bearings into uh, our RY45 and uh, the three and a half liter uh, EcoBoost platforms. That's really cool. All right. Well, Tom and Dustin, uh, you know, I want to chat with you guys, and I know you have some slideshow stuff to show us as well. But uh, when you and I were talking yesterday, Dustin, one of the things you mentioned, um, bearing design has kind of been the same for about 60 years or so. And and I've always thought of engine bearings as, um, well, they're designed to work, but obviously there are more performance applications and uh, being able to get a lot more out of them as well. So uh, give us a little bit of an overview uh, and either Tom or Dustin, whoever this is better directed to as far as uh, bearing technology and everything. Um, yeah, Tom, do you want to go ahead and, and share the, the slideshow? Okay. Let me show. There we go. All right. So, what are we looking at here, gentlemen? So, um, we uh so uh bearing uh technology so uh bearing uh, uh especially uh for performance uh engine bearing um it's uh three layers um uh like uh half shell uh parts and uh top layer uh will be uh, like uh over it uh typically uh performance uh after race parts uh will be uh ready uh over it underneath of um uh ready uh over it it will be uh kappa uh based uh alloy um so kappa based uh alloy itself uh has a high uh load uh capacity um uh, but uh it doesn't have a good uh like conformability uh, therefore uh we have uh like really uh soft uh material uh on the top and uh third layer uh bottom layer will be uh back steel and uh diameter itself uh we have uh we um make um like bimeter uh we call bimeter uh we bond together uh steel and uh copper alloy and um uh, we also machine their uh, parts and uh, like especially for uh, uh racing uh, performance uh, after uh, parts uh it is uh, required um uh, like uh uh height uh, like tighter tolerance uh so uh, we uh, make uh, like good quality uh, parts. And uh, we also have uh, analysis uh, technology um, like uh, using uh, CAE and uh, other uh, measurement uh, tools. 
Yeah, one of the things that, that you mentioned, Brad, during our conversation yesterday, um, and something that I actually find pretty interesting about, um, you know, just from my experience of, of uh, applying bearings in, in the racing, racing world, um, you know, in most cases, technology tends to go from the top down. Um, in the bearing world, you know, because we're such a large OE supplier um, and the, you know, the increasing demand for emissions and fuel economy and all that, um, Dido is a bearing supplier. Uh, we've had to, you know, develop new materials, polymers, uh, manufacturing techniques and all of those things, which we're actually finding, um, you know, to achieve that that better economy, um, you know, those processes translate very, very well into the racing market. Um, and that includes both leaded and non-leaded materials, um, especially in a lot of the European markets where everything needs to be Rojas compliant, um, all the way up to, you know, the supercar market, you've got, you know, uh, a lot of these uh, engine or, you know, vehicle manufacturers that are that are producing um you know multi-million dollar hypercars uh that are that are producing upwards of a thousand horsepower or more uh but because their production vehicles still need to be rojas compliant or lead free um those are things where where we really excel by um, you know developing materials that that work well for those those types of programs um and then all of that you know longevity all the the durability testing and things that that the OEs perform, you know, we we can, uh, you know, really see that translation into racing and, and aftermarket. Yeah, that, that's interesting. And, and looking at the core technology with the bimetal and uh, the surface treatment and all of that, uh, how about the construction and, and maybe some other things that, um, you know, definitely set you guys apart with what you're doing at Dido on the performance side of things? Yeah, I mean, the as far as the the construction of the bearings really haven't changed much. It's really it's very small processing technology that has allowed us to excel. I think um, in the precision uh, processing technology little bullet point there, you can see that um, you know a lot of our products we machine um, and control the wall thickness tolerance um, down to uh, a range of three microns. Um, which is incredibly, incredibly uh, small tolerance. Um, you know, we're getting into almost the aerospace type uh, uh, machining tolerances. And, and those are really the types of things that, that uh, engine builders and, and vehicle manufacturers have learned um, for that, that extra edge of competitiveness, power, and durability. Um, those fitting those oil clearances, having that that wall that very tight wall thickness tolerance makes a huge difference. So, and because we're such a large supplier, um, that's built into our DNA. Really, that's our that's uh, kind of our bread and butter. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Uh, Tom, did you have another slide that you wanted to show us as well? Um, yes. Um, so. Um, uh bearing uh structure uh wise um uh so uh typically uh, like uh three uh types of uh bearing um uh first is uh single layer uh structure and uh second uh is uh 
double layer we call uh, bimetal uh, uh, bond together uh, with steel, uh, aluminum, or uh, copper uh, alloy. And uh, third one uh, is a uh, triple layer uh, structure. Uh, uh, we have uh, like uh, copper based uh, uh, bimetal with uh, ovary, uh, leaded, and uh, non uh, leaded uh, ovary. Uh, we also have uh, like uh, aluminum based uh, bimetal with um, like uh, ovary. Uh, so or, uh, it uh, depends on the uh, market uh, situation. Uh, data has uh, various uh, materials, so or, uh, we recommend uh, better uh, suitable uh, material uh, for uh, each uh, market. What's the difference between the aluminum and the copper um, in that? So uh, uh, aluminum uh, is a soft uh, material. Uh, so uh, it's good for uh, like uh, oil uh, type of uh, engine, uh, but uh, aluminum is soft, uh, so uh, it's less uh, uh, load uh, capability compared to uh, copper-based uh, material. Uh, copper uh, itself is harder than uh, aluminum, so uh, uh, it's good. Uh, for high load and high performance uh, application. I think, okay. um, you know, the, I think we have a slide on this later on, but I'm going to touch on it now. Um, you know, the uh, material selection for engine bearings is, it's a, it's a balance. Um, it's, it's really all based on the, on tribology. Um, and, you know, you're looking for um, decreased friction and decrease in, in wear um, and depending on the the overall system um, you know the 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 load on the on the connecting rod uh, the load on the on the crankcase um, you really need to have a balance of hardness and softness um, and that's where uh, again i think dido really excels because we have such a wide range of, of, of materials to choose from depending on the application um, the softer the material is, typically the uh, you'll have better conformability to maintain. Yeah, here we go. Better conformability to kind of maintain the the oil film um, during points of contact, which could be anything from just a uh, if you have a, a weaker crankshaft or if you your application needs to have very small uh, journals, um, or if. Uh, um, for for instance, very high speed engines. Um, when we look at like drag racing, uh, when they're upwards of, of ten thousand RPM or more, you tend to have a lot of crankshaft bending. So you need to have that softness for conformability. But under very high load, it needs to it needs to be hard so that it resists um, uh, fatigue. So it's all about finding the balance of, of where that engine is happy. So. Um, you know, we put a lot of work into analysis and trying to figure out, um, you know, what's going to be what what material is going to perform best for for each engine, because um, even even the same engine or a similar engine built for the same application, um, you know, depending on the engine builder, what kind of 
clearances they like, what kind of oil they run, uh, you know, that all has an effect on the bearing performance and, and can sometimes change our, our direction on which material to use. That's really interesting. That, that is fascinating and, uh, and very informative, too, on the slide. Uh, what else did you have that you wanted to show us? Uh, um, Dusty mentioned uh, about um, like um, detail uh, about uh, what uh, bearing needs, and uh, this is uh, how uh, like uh, bearing uh, material um, um, made. Uh, so uh, aluminum uh, based uh, alloy. Uh, uh, so basically, uh, uh, steel and uh, aluminum uh, uh, bond uh, together by uh, crowding um method and uh copper based uh alloy uh, material process um so steel and uh copper uh bond together by uh sintering so this is uh, how uh um, material uh, bearing material um made and after uh made uh material uh uh we make a uh, half shell uh bearing uh so uh half shell uh bearing how it makes um uh, after uh bimeter uh uh makes uh brank uh and uh bend forming to uh half shell um uh, shape and uh if bearing uh, needs to have uh oil hole uh positioning Nag and uh, groups um, uh, will uh, process uh, those uh, uh, features. And uh, after that, uh, we have uh, uh, joint face uh, broaching uh, to uh, maintain the uh, uh, crush height uh, position. And uh, after that, uh, we have uh, ID finish uh, bore uh, to maintain uh, uh, tighter uh, turns, as Dusty mentioned, um, the tightest uh, turns, uh, wall thickness uh, is uh, like three microns. Uh, so uh, uh, to uh, control uh, by uh, boring uh, process, we make uh, three micron uh, tighter turns uh, parts. And after uh, that, uh, if uh, like uh, surface treatment over a uh, uh, feature uh, is necessary, uh, we'll have uh, surface uh, treatment. Um, so uh, this is uh, like uh, our uh, bearing uh, manufacturing uh, process. And um, like, uh, as Brad mentioned, uh, like bearing, uh, like uh, design itself, um, like it uh, doesn't much change. Um, uh, but uh, uh, we maintain the uh, like uh, small uh, dimensional change, and uh, we have uh, multi-boring uh, technology. Uh, which is uh, eliminating uh, crush reef uh, uh, area. Uh, crush reef uh, is parting line uh, reef uh, pocket, but uh, to eliminate uh, crush reef uh, area, uh, 
it can um, like suppress uh, all leakage uh, from the bearing. So uh, uh, it can be um, uh, it can make uh, benefit uh, for uh, fuel uh, economy. And uh, yeah. either, oh, sorry, go ahead, Dusty. Uh, Brad, we kind of touched on that yesterday during our phone call, but multi-boring is really one of the things that, that I'm very excited to kind of, uh, you know, promote, introduce to uh, the aftermarket world, really, especially for drag racing and, and dirt market guys, because, um, you know, the traditional bearings that you can find for aftermarket performance parts, um, they do have that conventional crush relief, conventional boring and, and eccentricity built into the parts of the same design as they were, uh, you know, 50, 60 years ago. Um, our our multi-boring process, um, you know, really what that means to the engine builder is increased oil, oil pump capacity. Um, and and we've, had, we've had customers that are able to do many different things depending on the application. Um, we've had dirt track guys that can um, you know, run just thinner oil um, and, and lower oil viscosity means more power. Um, um, we've had other customers that have been able to add piston squirters. You can add top end squirters. Um, you know, there's, there's just a lot of things that are, that are able to, that we are able to do by implementing this multi-boring technology, reducing that oil leakage at the main bearing. Um, and through our bench test studies, we've actually proven um, or shown that we can actually supply more oil to the rod as well for, for better rod bearing performance, better uh, rod bearing cooling. Um, it's just a really exciting technology that, that we're trying to bring into uh, a lot of you know, stock block racing and, and stuff that these guys just have never known before because there's, there's just uh, always been basically that same um, conventional design available. Yeah. You know what, if I could bring you back in uh, real quick, Mark, and, you know, maybe um, <laughs> as much as you can discuss, because obviously a lot of things that happen are very proprietary, um, especially in a competitive performance industry and all of that, but how working with Dido and uh, engine bearing technology and some of the things that we're talking about uh, might, might leak over into your world. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think I think Dustin uh, touched on it very well there. You, you know, at the end of the day, right, this is really the interface. This is how we transfer power from the fuel uh, to the tires to the track. And um, the way we transfer as much of that power as possible is uh, by minimizing the, the friction through the interface, um, but also minimizing the associated parasitic losses that it takes to make that uh, that interface work, right, by being able to reduce oil flow. And um, what we've found working with Dido through their various manufacturing uh, techniques, as well as uh, a, a wide array of materials, um, as Tom discussed, right? Managing that balance between uh, high fatigue strength and a very hard material, and then also where you need conformability um, and, and seizure resistance, uh, maybe in some dirtier environments, um, has really allowed us to fine tune that interface um, and you know look to, to decrease the, the oil flow in our engines or be able to, to push oil flow uh, to other places um, and, uh, and minimize those frictional losses while still 
you know, maintaining the the durability requirements that we have under um, you know, let's say conditions in previous years, right? And that's a wide range of of operating temperatures. We swing from you know relatively low temperatures to sometimes extremely high operating oil and coolant temperatures. You know, variations in in duty cycle, um, especially. You know, you look track to track, you get some tracks that, that have a lot more wide open throttle operation, so a lot more load on the bearings than others. Um, and, and then, like Dustin said, uh, a lot of very a lot of different oil formulations as well, and opportunities to 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 take advantage of that technology. Um, and then, uh, coupled with that, right, we have a, a a lot of our applications even in the uh, the the NASCAR world, right? We used to race bearings one race um and now with the uh the seal requirements that we have in the sport right we have uh, uh significantly increased durability requirements uh for multi-race performance there and then uh some of the imsa um and uh, uh road car applications that i mentioned right you start to talk about going from maybe you know, several hundred mile durability or, or you know, 1,000, 1,500 miles to starting to having to jump into 4,000, 8,000, you know, 20,000 mile type durability under some uh, pretty demanding conditions. So um, we feel that uh, that uh, our partnership with Dido um, and like I say, the their advanced uh, manufacturing capability um, and also their analytical capability uh, you know, the ability to evaluate a lot of these uh, options, um, you know, upfront on the computer before we have to get them into, into the test cell, you know, for durability testing or even to the track uh, re really allows us, I think, uh, a, a leg up on the competition, we feel, um, to continually always be innovating there and trying to stay ahead of the curve. It's it's always interesting the the great compromise in performance a lot of times because um, while you can make one thing better over here you might sacrifice on durability over there or something uh, in another way and and Mark when you were talking about that and, and you know and correct me if I'm wrong here but I'm hearing things that you know maybe you can get increased power um, or at least you're not losing power based on friction um, you know with the, the the oil flow reduction and all of that. Um, can you describe that a little bit more and just what a big help that might be? Um, yeah, you know, at the, at the end of the day, when, when we're looking for, uh, you know, uh, even very small, uh, increases in performance, um, you know, when you, when you start to, to look for that last little bit, right. The, uh, the amount of that that you're losing to, uh, to either friction in the, in the interfaces themselves, like the bearings, um, or by driving accessories like oil pumps start to become a, a bigger piece of the delta that you're looking for uh, at that point, right? So, so sometimes, you know, if we, can, if we can find ways to increase airflow or increase combustion efficiency, um, right, that's a way to, to increase power, but also uh, it, you know, sometimes it's actually easier if you can look to, to find that through, uh, through reduced friction and, and, uh, other mechanical losses in the system. How big of a deal was it to you, um, and, and to the sport, let's say, uh, in 2018, when Ma uh, NASCAR did go, uh, started making, um, you guys running sealed engines, you know, multiple races as opposed to one race weekend and all of that. And how did you deal with that, especially as it relates to what Dido does? 
Um, that was that was a, a very big change uh, for us as as well as the entire industry, right? And that came about um, rel relatively quickly uh, that we moved into the into the realm of uh, multiple race durability, right? So, um, being able to uh, you know to leverage a partner like Dido to evaluate. Um, you know, like I say, analytically with the uh, uh, EHD um, and other simulation uh, capabilities, you know, impacts. Where were we really at with uh, uh, oil films, oil film thicknesses, oil film pressures? Um, what impact, you know, how does that uh, affect the fatigue life of the bearing, the fatigue life of the overlay, um, temperature? Right, like being able to lay out this, those scenarios and say, right, if I now have to double the life or triple the life or or whatever it may be, um, you know, how what parameters do I have to start to adjust, uh, either in either in the bearings or or um, you know other parameters in the design of the system to make that happen. Yeah, that's interesting, uh, Dustin and or Tom. You know, maybe if you can elaborate on Dido's end of something like that. You know, now here you've got a big customer that says, "Hey, our game just changed a bit." Um, you know, let's work together on making this better. Yeah, I mean, of course, we uh, we always try to keep our thumb on the pulse, but um, we're as a as a supplier, you know, we're still kind of outside the uh, some of the privy information, and especially according to or, or relating to the the 2018 rule change. Uh, you know, I recall that it was it was like middle of December, whenever uh, middle of December 2017, whenever NASCAR announced uh, the sealed bottom end rule. Um, and I think the first the first rule change was was two two races per engine. Um, and it was a big deal for us. I mean, both in terms of, of uh, uh, you know, our production and, and business strategy. Um, as well as um, you know the performance of the bearings. So, from as as the supplier to uh, you know to that market, it was is definitely uh, a point in time where we really had to change gears. And uh, you know, obviously, we worked very closely with Roush Yates on on making sure that the that we weren't going to run into any any bearing issues. Um, and simultaneously, uh, you know, running copious amounts of, of analyses to, to try to uh, make sure that, you know, we weren't riding too close to the edge of, of failure. Because, I mean, um, that balance um, that, we, you know, we've been talking about a couple of times here, that definitely, uh, you know, the life, the total life of the bearing definitely counts into that. Um, so to to double the life of a, of a, of a race bearing can be um, you know, detrimental to the program if uh, if we don't know what we're looking at. So uh, Tom's group um, does all of the, the EHD analysis, which is elasto hydrodynamic uh, analysis. And and basically what that that does is we're allowed to take the 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 engine block, the the crankshaft, and the connecting rod model, uh, run FEA on all of those parts, and actually simulate. 720 degrees crankshaft rotation and and look at what the uh, 2d pressure map and or oil film thickness map we have we have just tons and tons of data that we can look at and uh, that gives us insight into what that bearing performance is 
Um, so those those types of things have, have really, I think, helped us uh, be successful and, you know, producing uh, quality parts for uh, for the market. Yeah, and it's interesting. And again, we're talking about, you know, bearing technology, um, you know, not really having changed, but obviously with Dido introducing new things in and some of the things that we even talked about with the multi-boring technology and different thing like that. Um, as far as new products go, and uh, obviously we're here with Mark talking about what Roush Yates does, uh, primarily with NASCAR, but with what Dido is doing in other racing series from dirt to drag racing to short track and all of that. Uh, what can you tell us about that, Dustin? Um, yeah, I mean, really, we, you know, as far as the aftermarket racing world, we really started um, heavily from the from the top down. Um, Dido's a, a, a big supplier to IndyCar as well. Um, we have we supply to other, um, you know, uh, professional motorsports, MotoGP, um, and we've we've kind of taken that experience from North America and and tried to. Um, use that experience to design parts for your Saturday night racer, the guys that are on the dirt tracks and, and out on the drag race, uh, uh, drag strips. And, um, you know, because we, we saw this opportunity to, to leverage Dido technology and to, to help out NASCAR, we know that there's better, there's more opportunity for, for the weekend racer as well. Um, and you know to be able to supply uh, that better technology into the market, I think is something that it's sorely needed. Um, you know the lead tin copper, uh, you know uh, the SAE material and conventional boring has been around for 50, 60 years, and that's all a lot of these guys have ever known. Um, so we're we're excited to be able to introduce that new technology and and. Um, see what our customers have been able to do with it. Yeah, I think that's a great thing. By the way, if you do have a question, feel free to type it into the chat. Uh, we'd love to answer anything that you want to know about as well. Uh, Tom, if I could direct it back to you, I know you'd shown us a couple of slides and and I didn't want to miss out on any other opportunity or anything else that you might have wanted to talk about. Is there anything that we didn't cover yet um, that uh, that you also had for us? Um, um, as uh, Mark and uh Dusty mentioned uh, about uh, like uh, EHD and other uh, stuff. Uh, so, um, um, I will uh, share um, screen again. Um, about uh, uh one thing uh is uh like uh post uh test uh analysis so mm -hmm. uh uh data uh always uh do the uh post test uh analysis uh to uh, measure uh like uh bearing uh wall thickness uh eccentricity uh free spread and uh we also uh Major uh, like uh, actual uh, direction uh, trace uh, uh, to uh, find out uh, the uh, edge or uh, local wear amount. Uh, uh, after uh, like post test uh, analysis, uh, we'll uh, review the uh, bearing uh, design uh, and 
if uh, it is uh, necessary to uh, improve uh, bearing design, uh, we will uh, propose uh, like optimum uh, design uh, based on uh, post-test uh, analysis uh, result. And um, another uh, thing uh, is uh, like uh, CAE uh, analysis. Um, so uh, uh, CAE uh, analysis uh, can uh, predict uh, like uh, bearing uh, condition. Uh, uh, so uh, sometimes uh, uh this is uh this uh tool uh is very helpful uh, uh to consider uh where the uh like uh bearing uh high uh oil film uh pressure uh area after review uh the result uh, uh we can uh run uh with uh, uh different uh design uh parts and um, uh, uh, propose uh, to the uh, customers um, uh, for uh, like uh, better uh, design uh, parts. So that's really uh, interesting. Go ahead. Oh, yep. So these uh, uh, like uh, technical uh, support. Um, is uh, uh, necessary uh, for uh, like uh, performance uh, after an uh, race uh, market, and uh, uh, of course, uh, like uh, speed uh, is uh, necessary uh, because uh, race. Uh, if something happened, uh, we have to uh, uh, fix uh, quickly. Interesting. Um, if you gentlemen would indulge, you got a couple of questions that just came in from the chat um, that I uh, want to ask you about. Um, the first one says, for optimizing oil pressure, are the recommendations for oil temperature difference between inlet and outlet flow? I don't know who's the best one for that. <laughs> um, you want to take that one? Uh, uh, like, uh... I think uh, uh, bearing uh, temperature uh, like uh, is uh, higher than uh, like uh, inlet uh, temperature. Um, so um, uh, like optimum uh, bearing uh, shape and maintain uh, oil clearance and uh, uh, bearing uh, material uh, different uh, material uh, will uh, uh, help uh, to. Um, maintain the uh, oil uh, condition. Okay. And another question says, are you seeing any issues with bearing damage relating to high oil pressure values? Um, I would assume that that is referring to gallery oil pressure. Uh, but based off of that, I mean, from from our experience, you can't have too much oil gallery oil pressure. Uh, that just means that you're pushing uh, more oil through, you know, the the mains and the rods for for cooling. Which uh, cooler rod bearing is always going to be happier. Um, that's one of the biggest issues that we've seen, even uh, you know, with uh, the NASCAR engines. Like like Mark said, uh, we sometimes see extremely high temperature values in the oil and water. Um, so everything that we can do to 
to keep those cool is, is extremely important because that that relates to the the melting temperature of the of the bearing material and and the life of the bearing um, but typically higher gallery oil pressure is is just going to promote that flow and cooling um, okay and then another follow-up on that do you see issues with bearing deformation in areas where bearings have features such as grooves um no the any sort of bearing deformation is is usually due to the housing um the the you know really when you're looking at bearing performance we're looking at the uh, maximum oil film pressure which is created by the wedge uh, of oil produced by the the rotating shaft um with a groove a hole um, the conventional crush relief towards the parting line um, you're not going to build an oil pressure in those areas because you can't maintain uh, the oil wedge through uh, a such such a large oil clearance area. Um, so therefore, the you know you're just not going to have any sort of of pressure to to creating deformation there. Any of that deformation is going to come from the the loading on the housing itself. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I know we have uh, Mark on here. We've talked a lot about NASCAR and everything, but we've also talked about what Dido does for uh, other racing series and different things that you learn. You know, Dustin, when it comes to, say, technical support and, you know, I'm looking at this application, what is best for me and want to work with you guys at Dido? What's the best way to do that? Um, so, you know, with, uh, are you, I guess I should, clarify are you talking about like kind of the weekend guy like the you know I, we have such a wide audience here um yeah right. you know <laughs> maybe the weekend guy has a question but um you know maybe the engine builder for several weekend guys or you know right. uh, looking at something else so and this is one of the things where we have to take our experience with Roush Yates and even with some of our you know OE uh experience where um you know Roush Yates has such uh you know, good technology where they can get, say, they can give us uh, cylinder pressure information where we can use that to run these very, very, um, you know, sophisticated EHD analysis. Um, a lot of the guys that are building, um, you know, engines for, for dirt track don't have that capability. So what we have to do is kind of use our, um, you know, our experience and, and uh, you know, try to apply uh, what we know about similar applications to to kind of predict what the bearing performance is going to be without that additional information that that we just sometimes it's very very hard to get from um, from the smaller shops. Uh, but our experience working with with companies like Roush Yates, uh, we get we get uh, you know enormous amount of insight into what a race engine is doing at say a specific speed or you know similar journal sizes and and things like that so um that's where we you know i think our our experience throughout years has, has significantly helped us in in other areas of, of racing and and aftermarket performance aftermarket applications um, because it's really just irreplaceable experience 
Yeah, and, and experience goes a long way, especially when you're looking at uh, a supplier for what you're doing. And obviously, uh, you guys have a lot at Dido. Uh, Mark, I just want to ask you, you know, one more question, if you don't mind. Again, we're talking about engine bearing technology, and um, obviously, a lot of what you guys do is very proprietary uh, and very inside the walls of Roush Eighth Engines. But you know, just being able to work in in every area and to work with a company like Dido, um, you know, any comments on that? Um. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think um, everything really that uh, Dustin and Tom have hit on, you know, from from their technical capability to, you know, like we talked uh, quite a bit about the analytical capability, right? At the end of the day, when it comes to running a test cell, there's only so many physical hours in a day to run an actual engine. Um, and when we can simulate, you know, maybe multiple, you know, hundreds of uh, of various design scenarios and operating scenarios in you know a fraction of that time um, really allows it to narrow down and be efficient with our test cell time. Um, you know, so we can really really focus in on the uh, the, the high the high percentage modifications that are going to get us where we need to be. And then um, you know on the back end, uh, Dido has been a great partner. Um, when we, uh, you know, when we do see things that are maybe unexpected in the test cell or or uh, from the track, um, you know, we we uh, we can get uh, get that analyzed uh, very quickly. You know, usually within a a day or two um, to understand what's going on and and get us on a get us on a path to uh, to addressing it if need be. So, I think all the way around. Um, everything that Dido brings to the table is uh, is key, you know, especially especially in the um, the NASCAR world, right? Of of uh, you know, every every weekend we go racing, um, and there's no there's really no downtime in between until the off season. So uh, if if we're looking to make improvements or or need to make a change to address an issue, um, we got to be able to do it fast. Well, Mark, we do wish you guys the best of luck this weekend. Every time we talk about Daytona, we do talk about Roush Yates power and just how strong it is. So good luck and thank you for joining us. And thank you. Uh, Tom and that. yeah, no problem. Uh, yeah. Hey, look, hopefully uh, Doug Yates is giving away some valve covers uh, on social media <laughs> later on uh, next week after a couple of victories, but uh, there we go. <laughs> Tom and Dustin uh, really appreciate you guys as well. And, uh, and thank you for such a, an informative webinar here, uh, you know, and it's really cool what you guys are doing doing with Dido and with engine bearing technology. Thank you guys. We're uh, very excited to, to finally get on here and uh, definitely appreciate the opportunity. Um, thank, thank, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. So this webinar has been recorded. It will be posted later on the portrait platform. As we mentioned, this is episode 350. So if you want to watch the 349 previous episode, please go on ePortrait.com. They're all available for you. In the meantime, we push Dido Metals back on the homepage of the ePortrait platform. Again, we build this platform for you, the industry. Please take advantage of it. Thank you very much. We will be back next week live with Shop Monkey on Wednesday at 9 Pacific. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. ePartrade is a digital platform that we've created basically to make life easier in the business community of auto racing. ePartrade, there is no e-commerce. It's literally a connection just like at a trade show. So now, any time of the year, a buyer could reach out to a supplier. When you see a product that you're interested in, all you need to do is click on the request, more information, and then from there, it is forwarded 
directly to the buyer or to the supplier. Empire Trade really eliminates having to travel, closing down your shop. Now you have a place to showcase globally your racing product and technology. Land speed record holder George Poteet's speed demon rocketed 481 miles per hour at the Bonneville Salt Flats. You don't go that fast without ARP fasteners. There is no way that we could go the speed that we've gone, the number of times we've gone, with a lesser quality bolt than ARP supplies to us. And we absolutely wouldn't be where we were today if it weren't for ARP. When failure is not an option, it's ARP-Bolts.com. We're Performance Plus Global Logistics. Our team of dedicated performance industry and logistics experts get valuable cars and components to the track on time in top condition. We provide expedited logistics solutions for the performance industry using direct routes instead of deferred options and communicate all necessary information to the appropriate resources to meet regulations and ensure a smooth transit and secure delivery, both domestically and internationally. And we exceed customer expectations by providing best-in-class service with an efficient and cost-effective system in place. Contact us today to book your next shipment. You work as hard as your truck, and you have no time for downtime. That's why more truck owners trust Blue Def, America's number one diesel exhaust fluid brand. Each batch is guaranteed pure, so you can avoid costly repairs caused by inferior DEF. Demand America's best for your truck. Blue Def at Blue Def Platinum. Put trust in your truck. With ShopMonkey, we've been able to grow the shop by 20% in gross sales since implementing it in the shop. Everything that we were doing before has been sped up with ShopMonkey. All of our parts ordering, all of our approvals, all of our mechanics knowing what to do next. And I've had friends that are in the trade that own shops ask about ShopMonkey, and I highly recommend it just because of easy use. There's nothing like it with that kind of platform. With roots in the Midwest that date back well before the Model T, Fifth Third Bank has a long history of serving the needs of automotive companies. While much has changed over the years, our passion for helping businesses put cars on the road and on the track has not. Today, we are more committed than ever as a member of SEMA, a founding member of PRI, and a sponsor of multiple race teams across several racing series. For over a decade, Fifth Third Bank has been a staunch supporter of our industry and a great partner for many companies in the motorsports field. Our business has been growing extremely fast, and really, we could not be where we are today without Fifth Third. They provided amazing strategic advice, the capital we need to support our phases of growth. They are true partners for me now, and what they do with their involvement in motorsports is untouched in this community. Where can we take your business? Fifth Third Bank. Scott Lewis & Associates, the sales, marketing, and branding specialist for the automotive performance industry since 1988. We get our manufacturers on track by opening an extensive distribution network, providing product training to sales staff, creating fully integrated sales and marketing strategies, building successful industry partnerships, attending trade shows, events, and races, offering first-class support to customers, SLAI delivers solutions that win you sales. To get in touch with an SLAI representative, call 516-378-6100. 
go to scottlewisinc.com or email info at scottlewisinc.com. 